Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Welcome back to the Switch Leader Podcast. My name is Josh Baldwin. I'll be your host today, and I'm hanging out with one of my friends. His name is Matt Lamberth. Matt, tell us where you're the youth pastor, how long you've been there, and we'd love to hear a little bit about your family. Yeah, I'm the youth pastor at our South Broken Arrow location up here in Tulsa. I have been here, it'll be seven years in August that I've been the youth pastor here. And uh, I've been married for, it'll be seven years this summer. We've got two little boys, Beckett, who is two and a half, and Walker, who is seven weeks old. So we are living that new life right now. What that means is that Matt is probably exhausted, not as exhausted as Katie, but but exhausted. (laughs) So I'm excited about today's topic because we are in the second week of our Essentials Lead Small series where we're talking about creating a safe place. We told you there's five different disciplines, and this is the second discipline that we're covering. And I'm excited to talk to Matt about this because Matt has a little bit of a unique perspective in that not only is Matt a youth pastor, not only is he a parent that would want a safe place created for his own kids, but he also is a small group leader. And that's a really, really valuable perspective to have. So Matt, we're going to start with kind of just the foundation. Um, If we're talking about creating a safe place, we recognize that's important. And so what is the most basic foundational principles or values of creating a safe place? Yeah. So I think of three kind of separate categories. The first one is following the safety non-negotiables that we follow as leaders in Switch. The second is helping students feel accepted just as they are, just as God created them to be. And the third is creating an atmosphere and environment where they feel comfortable sharing and talking about what's really going on. So I think those are the kind of the three building blocks when it comes to creating a safe place in Switch. I figured we could start off with the first one, Josh, if you're up for that, which is yeah, let's do it. our safety non-negotiables. And you'll probably hear this as a leader when you go through orientation. At least I sure hope you hear them <laughs> when you go through orientation. You better. And, uh, if you don't, call Matt. Yes, please. Don't call me. <laughs> so there are, there are four safety non-negotiables. The first is no dating students. Now, this might seem wildly obvious for every single one of us and where we see this kind of muddy the waters a little or or one of the main reasons that this rule is in place is when you've got a senior in high school and they're dating a freshman in college and that freshman in college wants to serve and switch. They're like 18 and 19 years old. They're a year apart. Socially, that is a very acceptable age range to be dating, right? But what we never want to happen is for a parent to call us and say, hey, you have a leader dating a student, right? And then you're backpedaling and going, no, 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 hang on. Let me explain. They're 18 no. and 19 years old. And, and so that's why that rule is in place, man. We just want it cut and dry. Hey, no leader serving in Switch is going to be dating a student. The second one, and this is an important one, is the two adult policy. And anytime we are in a private place physically, Or in a private place, and this is one we don't think about too often, a private place digitally with a student, we want to make sure that there are two adult switch leaders present in that. And the reason being is one, we want to make sure that student feels safe, that after the conversation or after the text message or social media interaction, that there's never any 
he said, she said this. It just keeps the leader safe and it keeps the student safe when there are two right. adult switch leaders present. Takes us to our third part of our safety non-negotiables, which is no bullying, verbal, physical, or cyber bullying. And, and this one seems like, okay, well, that's obvious. As a switch leader, I shouldn't bully students. Like, Hopefully, none of us are consciously doing that. But even to go as far as like, I'm, I'm a really sarcastic guy. Like I like to say sarcasm is my love language. And if I'm maybe poking fun at a student and being sarcastic, I'd love to believe that they take that lightheartedly, that they don't actually take to heart what I'm saying. But I don't know that for sure. And so I'm always even wary of how sarcastic am I being, how, you know, the riffraff in small group and just being so conscious right. of our interactions with students, because I want yep. every word to come out of my mouth to be life-giving, to be encouraging, and to point students back to Jesus. I never want any words to come out of my mouth that cut them down or make them feel self-conscious because that's not what we're called to do as leaders. <laughs> right. So our, our last one, and this is one of the most important things we do as leaders, and that is mandatory reporting. So anytime a student confides in us, they are hurting themselves or they're being hurt by someone else, whether that be physical or sexual abuse, a suspected abuse or neglect in the home, self-harm, suicidal thoughts, or attempted suicide, all of these things. I know they're, they're heavy things to talk about, and it's unfortunate that so many of our students experience these things. But when a student confides in us in that, number one, great job being a trusted person in that student's life. You have no Absolutely. idea how long they have been carrying that burden and, uh, and they just shared something with you that is deeply personal to them. And how you respond to it is incredibly important. And I know that seems like a lot of pressure, but it, it's not. Because our goal as leaders, again, is to make sure that our students are safe. Safe when they're in their building, in our building, and safe when they go home as well. And so we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that that student's safe. And so the first thing we want to ask ourselves is, is this student in immediate danger? And if that's the case... We're going to do everything in our power to not let that student leave the building before we have a conversation. And that conversation needs to be with your youth pastor. If you can't find them, grab one of your security officers that are there on Wednesday night. They're there to be a resource for you because we want to make sure that that student is going home to a safe environment. And then on the back end of that, we're going to make sure we're having a conversation with our youth pastor or a trusted coach because I know we have coaches at a lot of our locations and we're making sure that we are telling them, passing along the information that the student gave us. And again, the goal is right. to make sure that our student is safe. It's not telling secrets or trying to get them in trouble. It's none of that, right? It is keeping them safe. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one, Josh. If I had to pick one that's the most important one, it's that one. It's really easy for us to say, man, I just don't want to lose like this is confidential. I don't want to ruin that confidential relationship with the student. You have to keep in mind, you are the adult. It is your job to protect this student. And sometimes students can't protect themselves from themselves. And they need for you to help them do that. And typically mm. when they share something with you that's harmful to them, it's a cry for help. And so when we do anything other than help, and like when we find ourselves going, all right, you know what? That needs to stay between me and them because, you know, they need help. No, that's not actually what they're needing. They need for you to get help. And that's exactly yeah. what our goal is when we get involved. And so please make sure that you do that one well. Matt, I love, obviously, follow safety non-negotiables being that first point is so, so 
important. And if you're somebody that you're like, man, like I'm more a fly by the seat of my pants, not a super like rules oriented person, just understand I absolutely believe rules are made to be broken, but these four are not. <laughs> so do not break these rules. These are really, really important rules. And every single switch leader, we need you to make sure that you're following them for the sake of our students. The second one that you said, Matt, was helping them feel accepted just as they are. Now, it's 2023 right now that when we're recording this podcast, and it's a different world than it was that you and I grew up in. It's a different world than what those of you listening as leaders grew up in. And I know that even if you're 20, because the world's changing rapidly and culture changes rapidly. And so students having a hard time being comfortable just as they are, that's like something that has been dealt with forever. So like being a teenager and having a hard time in your own skin, that's not new. But each generation is unique. So like each generation faces their own issues. And this generation has faced some pretty significant battles. And what I'm wondering is, are there some things that you would say are unique about this generation and the things that they're facing that's keeping them from feeling comfortable in their own skin. And if there is, what is it that you think that we need to be doing to help combat that? Yeah, I think every generation. So, I mean, you and I both have been in student ministry long enough now where we've led multiple different generations of students and which is wild that we're both that old, but Mm -hmm. uh, try to almost in this, in this situation, I almost try and remove the uniqueness of it and and go after what's that root heart issue because like you said this is not a new being uncomfortable in your own skin i'm 27 years old that's something i still struggle with you know this is not a a new concept this is something to some extent that everyone struggles with it's just much more um heightened when you're a teenager right when you're in middle school and high school like it feels like the end of the world And so I almost try to remove the uniqueness of it and just go after that hard issue. What do students want? They want to be seen. They want to be understood. They want to feel like someone gets them. And I think if we can do that as leaders, we get to be in a really special spot in their life. Uh, So I'll give an example. I've got a, a student in my small group who doesn't go to the same school with the rest of the kids in my small group. And so he's already like kind of on the outside of things, but for the most part, the boys do such a great job of including him in things and inviting him to, to things, but he's got some different interests. And one of those is he loves anime, like watches anime, which you, if you don't know what anime is, it's like cartoons. I have never been into anime, but I wanted him to feel seen and I wanted him to feel understood. And so I watched a few episodes of his favorite anime and then watched like a 20 minute YouTube video explaining it because I didn't know what was going on. And then that next week I talked to him about it. And in that conversation, I built more trust and equity talking about anime than the previous three months of leading right. with him because he felt seen. He felt understood. He felt like I cared. And as leaders, we get to be in that really unique spot to offer that to our students to help them feel seen and understood and cared. And so the the comfortable in your own skin, I think there's kind of three categories to it and and maybe you can expand on it, but I'd say like identity is a big piece, interests in another. And then one that I feel like students maybe latch onto a little is, is sin. 
And I think as mm-hmm. leaders, when when students identify with something that's sinful, it's important for us to speak into that. And dependent on how much equity we have with them will depend on what that conversation looks like. But, you know, a lot of the boys in my group, they're 17, 18 years old. They're talking about girls and and that's what they want to talk about. And sometimes that conversation can trail off to being sinful and they identify mm-hmm. with, you know, being players or heartbreakers or, mm-hmm. well, that's not something that I'm going to like, hey, I hope you feel comfortable right. being a player, a heartbreaker. We're going to have a conversation about that, right? And so I think there's a there's a delineation there between identity, interest, and and sin that has to be made. And as leaders, man, we just get to be in a really cool spot to help our students feel seen and known and loved. Gosh, man! So the first thing when you talked about you connecting, you learned a little bit of talking to him about anime. It made me think about like the, many of you listening are parents, and maybe you've got younger kids or older. It doesn't matter. But your kid, your own kids have interests. And a lot of times their interests are things that one day were your interests a long time ago, and they're not anymore. But because they're your kids' interests, you make them your interests. A lot of times in small groups, we find ourselves wanting to have deeper conversations. And many of you, you're going, man, like, I just want to have that conversation where I know that there's this kid that's finally, we're talking about his faith. We're really, I'm getting to disciple him. We're going to a deeper level. But if we were to ask you, knowing that you're wanting them to talk with you about some spiritual things, if we were to ask you, when was the last time that you very intentionally pursued talking to them about some things they wanted to talk about, you might actually be stumped because you might have to go, man, I don't remember the last time that I actually worked on studying their interests a little bit. Because you guys, if if you'll study and learn their interests, you, you're in. Just know that the more that they find that you are interested in what you're in, they're interested in, you're in. And then the more you're able to lead them to have conversations about things that you, in the end, would love to have conversations about. But we have to meet them where they are first before we ever consider bringing them to where we want them to be. So, so far, we've, we've got those first two points, and we're going to hit the last one. So the first two points was following the safety non-negotiables, helping them feel accepted just as they are. And the third one is creating an atmosphere where they feel comfortable sharing the real stuff. Man. So in like in some groups, this might be easier than others. Matt, I know that you're leading a small group. And of course, you've been a youth pastor for years, so you've seen others do this well. What are some ways that, you, that you've seen people really succeed in this area? The first is... You set the tone. I do this pretty often. I'll begin small group, and I've seen leaders do this really well. I'll begin small group with saying, hey, guys, I I just want you to know that I care about you, and I care about this time. And during this time, and I want us to be real and authentic because this is a safe place. And what's said during this time, and I want to encourage all of you that stays in this time, that we're not taking it and talking about it at school or having side conversations about each other and, and just almost setting expectation for what small group time is going to look like. But that takes sensitivity. I don't do that every single week because I think they'd sure. get tired of hearing that. And so maybe once a month or every couple of months when I feel is needed to, to kind of reset the tone for that time, I think is really important. I think another part of this is um, 
if they don't feel like it's a safe place to talk about the silly and stupid things, or maybe how what we would define as silly and stupid, if it's not yeah. a safe place for them to talk about that, they're not going to talk about the real stuff. And so you, you, you've already kind of touched on, you know, if it's not a safe place to talk about anime, if it's not a safe place to talk about the boy or girl that, that won't snap them back or left them on red or the teacher that they thought was mean to them that day, if it's not a safe place for them to share that stuff, then they're not going to trust us with, with the, with the heavy stuff. And, yep. uh, it's important for us to recognize again, what's important to us maybe is different than what's important to them. And so the quote unquote heavy stuff or the real stuff maybe is differently defined by them than it is us. Like the real stuff for them is they've got some drama going on with some friends at school and that is just eating away at their hearts. And that's, that's like the real stuff to them where the real stuff for us is like, do you have a relationship with Jesus and have you been baptized and, you know, tell me about sin that you're struggling with. If we're not conscious, like we can be guilty of, of kind of that thought process. And all of a sudden there's a, there's a gap between the real stuff for us and what the real stuff is for them. And so, man, making it a safe place to talk about silly stuff, you know, what's the latest Marvel movie that's out and the boy or girl they're talking to so that we can talk about, maybe the realer stuff for them. And so I always, which we haven't experienced this a lot in our group. Like if anyone's poking fun at each other, you know, we're always making sure we're putting an end. You know, this goes back to the safety non-negotiables, the no bullying. And if there's any bullying or making fun of, I'm putting a stop to that because in our group, man, we want that to be the safest place that they have during the week because we don't know if home is safe for them. We don't know if school is safe for them. Like that 30 minutes of small group time might be the only place that they feel safe during the week. And it's up to us as small group leaders to set that tone for them and help them see, hey, I care about you. I see you. I'm with you. I care about what's going on in your life. This is a safe place. I would add one thing. The atmosphere that's going to make me or you feel comfortable sharing the real stuff is an atmosphere where somebody else is already sharing real stuff. And so if you're leading a small group and your kids are really sick and you're not sharing with your small group that your kid's really sick and you need them to be praying for your kid, that's probably a missed opportunity. Mm. Now, It doesn't mean that we're supposed to be sharing all the rough stuff going on in our life with our students. They are not your counselor. They are not your life group. They're a group of students that you are leading, which means that the things you share with them are often very intentional opportunities to create trust, but it's not, it's not in a way that we are trying to manipulate them. It's in a way that we're trying to show them what it looks like to be a vulnerable follower of Christ with other followers of Christ. And so mm. if I'm not sharing them things I need with them things I need prayer for, why would I expect them to share some of the real stuff that they need prayers for? Their stuff isn't going to be that they've struggled with health in their house probably, but you're what Matt was saying, gosh, some of their stuff will be that they're struggling with some insecurity because 
they like somebody that's not liking them back or it will be because they're struggling in sports or they're struggling in school. Like there's lots of different things it could be and it doesn't really matter what it is. It just matters that they feel comfortable sharing it. But I think that we have to set the tone for that. And so protect your students. Don't be sharing things with them that would be over the line, right? So you're not sharing your marital issues with your students, right? That's absurd. (laughs) We're not doing that. But we are sharing with them enough where they know, hey, I know this person. Like, I know what's going on in their life. I know when their younger kids aren't feeling well. I know when their older kid got married. I know what they're celebrating. I know when their anniversary is. I know when their birthday is. We're sharing that kind of stuff because just like we want in their life, we need to let them in ours. And so that would be the the thing that I would add. Matt, I'm going to circle back as we close here and make sure that we just remind everybody of all three points and you add it if there's anything that you want to add you just jump in so following number one following the safety non-negotiables number two helping them feel accepted just as they are and number three creating an atmosphere where they feel comfortable sharing the real stuff is there anything that you want to add to that Josh, I love what you said about not oversharing in small group, but leading with transparency, I think is so important. I think another part of creating a safe environment is consistency, being a consistent leader. And so in our small group, we always start off with highs and lows for the week, and that's going to get our ball rolling. And so our boys can expect every single week that we're going to start off with talking about the best part of their week and talking about the worst part of the week. And then we're going to go into the discussion questions and then we're going to go into prayer time. And I think having some sort of consistency in small group is really important because they know what to expect. I think we can, when we throw a a heater right down the middle and they're not expecting it, it can kind of catch them off guard and, and send them reeling a little bit. So that's the only thing I would add is, is, Try to keep your the format of your small group time consistent so your students know what to expect. That's great. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thank you for bringing wisdom and experience to this conversation. And to those of you listening, as we say every week, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for caring enough about what you're doing in student ministry to invest in yourself. We are challenging students all the time. We're asking them, who are you bringing with you? And I want to ask you the same. Who are you bringing with you? Who are you bringing with you as a follower of Jesus? Who are you bringing with you that should be serving in youth ministry that isn't right now, that could be impacted by being a part of the community that you're a part of and could change the lives of some students and families because of how great they could be as a switch leader? Who are you bringing with you? Who haven't you thought to talk to about what it would look like to be serving in the church and actively living out their faith? Who are you bringing with you? And so please lead by example. Make sure that they're seeing you live that out in your life. We love you all. We love getting to do youth ministry with you. And as always, thank you for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow.